Tired of boring news? Fatuous facts? Ever heard of a snake worm? Butt science? Food crime? Estonian sports? Spanish art restoration? No facts. Just questions. Person in person. A news show. Subscribe. Please and thank you. My, my stomach feels bleh, so I'm just like kind of all like uncomfortable in general, but I'm going to power through. Did you get your hands on some gluten? No, I don't <laughs> think so, um, but I did have the worst frozen chicken nuggets in my life for dinner. Uh. I, bought, I bought this giant family pack of Ian's gluten-free chicken nuggets, and they're disgusting because it's not like chicken. It's like diced up chicken. Oh. And it's just, uh, it was gross, so. Oh, it's not like that chicken mash that normal nuggets are? Well, no, that's what it is. It's like a chicken oh. mash. Oh, okay. Whereas, like, the rest of the nuggets I've had were, like, like pieces of how, chicken. Yeah, pieces of chicken. Like how Chick-fil-A does their chicken nuggets. It's pieces yeah. of chicken. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm not happy about that. And so Rich, that I thought we, we had an agreement it. to save our best content for the show. <laughs> Yeah, that, that hot nug talk we gotta Just, wait. Uh, it's this, this this exquisite frozen chicken nugget conversation <laughs> has to wait till later, my friend. Oh, a I nu- can a nugget of a hot take. Welcome to Brose, the podcast for those who drink rose. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros and rose. On an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hi, everyone. On an audio feed reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And on an audio feed reporting live from my couch, it's Tim Hansen. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. I haven't gone home yet. Yeah, we did it, guys. One episode in person, and then we decided, <laughs> fuck it. Uh, and back, back to the inside. internet. Yeah, back to the internet. This is this is less of a uh, a COVID related uh, decision than more of a scheduling one. Uh, so we in, instead of uh, getting together in person, uh, we have uh, decided to fit this one in uh, on the internet. Going back to world stomping grounds and utilizing ZenCaster, a service which I have said only positive things about. <laughs> Uh, and never once disparaged in any way, shape, or form for any reason, valid or invalid. Because honestly, how could you? Yeah, no, I, I mean, there's the, the best features of Zencaster. It's honestly, it's a tie between all of them. Yeah, I, I think I think our last session was just missing something without our fifth member, so we just needed to bring it back. What it was missing was a absolutely crippling amount of lag. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was say, okay you know, with this that. Po- only makes sense if there's like 25 seconds of awkward crosstalk between every point made on this show. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we're bringing it back. We, the listeners demanded it and we are bringing it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, I think it was uh, Sean's mom who won it the most, just like her, her favorite segment, which we'll get to shortly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we sure will. Now, uh, of course, you are listening to... The award-winning Brose Podcast. We're available on all major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, among others. Uh, if you've listened to any of our previous 48 sessions, uh, as you enter session 49 now of Brose, you know that the premise of our show is that we answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything. And we do so while enjoying a delicious glass of Rose. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, 
you want to email that question to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. But before we get to those questions, we should talk about what we're drinking. And I have a bit of a mea culpa here, guys. I left my beer downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so it is my birthday session. I brought the I brought the, the church key to open it up. I brought my water. I got everything set. I even last night, we were, we were going to record last night, and then we ended up kicking it to tonight. I lined up the three beers that I was going to drink in the fridge in the order in which I was going to drink them and then promptly came upstairs, had the links sent out to you guys a while ago, and uh, didn't bring the alcohol. So uh, I'm going to tell you what I'm planning on drinking. I'm planning on drinking Filthy, an IPA from Yards Brewery. But what I'm going to do now is a very professional uh, trip, which is where I ask you all to vamp. So, Tim, I want you to talk about your wine while I go downstairs and get my beer and you guys just uh, do your thing. Okay. All right. Have a good trip. Thanks, man. <clears throat> what you can't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if we wait a couple seconds. You might be able to hear Matt take the stairs like a champ, just which fall. is just fall. essentially <laughs> just it sounds like a thundering elephant in a hallway. All right, uh, so this week I am drinking uh, the Cellar Select Childress Vineyards 3 Rosé. So this would be the third wine that I picked up when I was down in North Carolina. And whereas the first one was absolute garbage, the second one was overly sweet, but like, meh. This one is um, much like Sean's wine in our last session, which not tasteless, but completely lacking in taste. So yes. tacky AF. <laughs> Getting a lot so, of tacky alcohol. Yeah, so like it's definitely there, and that's about all I can say. Like the the, the eh, it exists. Well, Tim, as I've said often, when you describe your rosé, I'll, I'll repeat it again. You've said it all. Um, <laughs> Rich, Man, what are you drinking tonight? I, I was hoping you were going to take longer to get that beer, Matt, because I was going to try to throw it to you even when you weren't here. <laughs> you know what? Nothing more certain in my mind than Rich trying to like just just drill me on this one thing I've forgotten instead of just trying to roll with it, which is what a friend and a co-host would do. But please, go ahead. Friend. Come on. Co-host, co-host and friend of the Brose podcast. You on know. my birthday, no less. <laughs> Uh, I am drinking uh, Ronan, a Bordeaux Rosé from uh, by Clint, uh, Clinette. Uh, it's it's fine. It doesn't it doesn't stand out as good or bad. It just it's it's fine. Uh, I might like it further on. We uh, the more I drink of it, but uh, it's got this interesting little uh, guy on a on a bike. Um, uh, yeah, is that Ronan? I don't know. It's an interesting name to have with a guy on a bike. They they call him Roman Ronan. The Roman Ronan. Oh, uh, mm. I when you first said Roman, I thought Rome, <laughs> not moving around. You missed it, Rich. It's fine. <laughs> Rome, if you want to. Sean, uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Sancerre, which I I might have had before. You definitely picked, did. Okay, well I picked it because it said it was a fruity wine. And I was like, that's what I want this week. And it smells like cranberries and tastes like cranberries. So I got exactly what I wanted. And I'm very pleased right now. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, good, to, that's good to hear. You're actually fulfilling expectations uh, yeah. with the rosé. Good, good. All right. So I have in front of me uh, a screen of questions. <laughs> it's just like the good old days, guys, when we all thought we were going to die oh, yeah. every time we went outside. <laughs> uh, boy, let me tell you. I mean, uh, we still feel that way. So. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's a, that's my default switch at this point. But um, but we have a, a, a slate of questions here. And of course, you can email brosequestions at gmail.com. 
uh, if you want your question about anything, life, the universe, and everything answered on the air. Our first question, though, comes to us from uh, a good friend of ours. Uh, hey, bros of the Brose Podcast. It's Gene Person from Person in Person. Uh, now, Gene uh, asks, Rosé wines are more the exception than the norm in my neck of Oregon, which is strange. Uh, through the Del Rio Rosé, Jolie is popular. Southern Oregon, where we live, is more of a Pinot Noir paradise. I strongly recommend Cotty North Wines. Although their regular GSM is their best wine, they do a GSM Rosé that I've heard good things about. Uh, Cotty North is my favorite local winery and has not paid for my endorsement because why would they? I couldn't even drink water for the first quarter of the year. Uh, so thanks for the recommendation there, Gene. Uh, the next, now that said, uh, Gene's question for the bros is this. Are any of you fans of Mystery Science Theater 3000? Uh, and if so, what are your favorite episodes slash riffs that they've done? Uh, and again, this is from Gene, and he provides the following. P.S. Tim is our favorite bro for obvious we- reasons. There we go. Uh, P.P.S. Uh, Willamette is pronounced Woolamet. So Woolamet. Uh, Oregonians can be a little touchy about pronunciation, probably because we have to live our whole lives listening to our state name pronounced like a certain inert gas. But we also have a weird way of pronouncing things. The city of Aloha is a po- pronounced Aloha. So, so I'm the guessing more you Oregon. know from Gene Person, or because Oregon. knowing is half the battle. Uh, and thank you, Gene, for, for sending that in. Uh, Tim, your thoughts on being... Uh, far and away the best bro uh, in the in the mind of gene person our friend from person to person i mean i i love it he he's my he's my sister brother wife as uh we've been married to the both greg and gene from the person to person podcast uh i don't remember how i think it was just because i emailed them and i didn't i wasn't part of their family or friends already um so first off I, I love that your area is a Pinot Noir paradise. Can't wait to come visit for our uh, vow renewals. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to point out that GS when he pointed out that their GSM is awesome at I Quadi North Quadi North. I, I can't wait for him to rip you on your pronunciation for that too. Since I yeah also yeah don't know how to this, it was that. a toss up. I should have done some research beforehand, but I didn't. Why would I? And, uh, and but apparently North that's. Apparently, that stands for a typical wine blend that uses Grenache, Syrah, and Morvedere uh, grapes. So we already know we like Grenache grapes, or most of us do, and mm-hmm. I like Syrah grapes, so that's cool. So can't wait to give one of those a try. Uh, Mystery Science Theater, I don't know if I've ever sat down and watched an entire episode, uh, but every time at any clip I've seen, the guys just riffing off each other are great. Uh, I do know that the first time I watched The Room was a Riff Tracks version, which is, I'm pretty sure it's the same guys, yeah. just it not being a mystery science theater movie. So them them just tearing The Room apart the entire time is why I like The Room. I can't watch it without <laughs> it. Um, yeah, so I mean, and, and the only one reoccurring thing I can think of off the top of my head is the clip that alex loves to use the packers won the super bowl <laughs> that's easily my favorite clip there's uh there's this i can't remember what movie it is but they reference the packers winning the super bowl as a bit through the whole thing uh like guy drives a, ho- a car through his own house like honey are you home honey packers won the super bowl packers like, like just just acting like i guess stereotypical like meathead uh wisconsin's uh wisconsinians whatever uh big green packers fans cheeseheads cheeseheads uh yeah, yeah. So, yeah those guys 
So those guys, uh, that is also my favorite because I I feel like I would enjoy Myst- uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. I have not, I don't believe I've sat down and watched a full episode the whole way through. Uh, but uh, but I, I I like the the vibe and I know it's got uh, it, it was very important in the indie TV scene of the uh, the the 80s and 90s. So uh, yeah, how about uh, how about you, Rich? Uh, seeing as how I had a uh, Mystery Science Theater birthday. Uh, um, digital gathering last year. No, I've actually never watched Mystery Science <laughs> Theater. Um, but it's it's been on my wish list for forever. Um, I know, like my pa- my dad used to watch it when I was much younger, and like I would watch it, but like I wouldn't understand what the robots were there for, and I'd get mad at them for talking over the movie, even <laughs> though that's the point. But like I didn't get it, so it makes sense. Um. But I, I love the idea of it. I want to watch it. I love bad movies. I just, it's to take the, like, it's like an episode is a full movie long. So it's like two hours long. So it's like, it, it does take time to watch. I just haven't. Sean, are you an MST3K fan? I am. Because I used to watch it with my dad, too. And I just, it's just, I can't, I can't give you, like, a favorite bit. Because I think... It's all just so good. Not to not to cop out, but it's just like I just from I I remember it fondly because my dad and I used to watch it. and It was funny for us together. But like, uh, it's such a good show. I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan. Yeah, it's highly influential. So uh, so mm-hmm. I, I imagine you know a lot of stuff that we like probably is is derives some of its humor from the same type of humor that's uh, like that snarkiness from MSD3K. Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, any other thoughts? Uh, no, Gene, yeah, Gene, thanks for reaching out. Yeah, absolutely. Love you, buddy. Gene, Gene Person, or as my wife likes to call him, Greg Person. Uh, <laughs> that is blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Next question. Do you sleep with a top sheet? Why or why not? I, no. Yes. I also uh, sleep with a top sheet. I... I uh, I generate a lot of body heat, so during the summer, I don't use a a, a, a a comforter. I just use the top sheet, and sometimes even in the winter, like my room gets that hot even just without a comforter. That like I need some sort of cover to fall asleep, but a comforter is just too much. Mm-hmm. See, I'm a recent convert, and I think what it is is if you have a crummy top sheet. Because when I was because I was when I when I was in my early twenties, I would just go to like you know whatever local department store, find the cheapest set of sheets I could find, and throw them in my bed. Yeah. And the and the top sheet, you know, didn't feel it felt crappy. It felt like flimsy. It didn't offer anything. It was kind of scratchy. So I would just pitch it off the bed immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when my wife and I moved in together, we got an actual like half decent set of sheets and the top sheet it's like butter man it's like it's smooth it's it's even even with the comforter because like you rich if i don't uh if if it's the summertime i'll just sleep with the top sheet on my side of the bed but uh even in the winter i'll have a top sheet between me and the comforter uh my wife doesn't get it it's it's a weird like turn of events that's occurred in our house where i'm like no we have to have the top sheet it feels great uh but yeah i'm i am team top sheet uh, all the way, always top sheet, never not top sheet. What about you, Sean? Uh, we are we are fully top sheet 
here. Hell yeah. Because my wife says it would be gross if we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> that is a decent re- Now, what are, no, no, no. Is it so that your wife says it would be gross if, if you weren't? What is your thought, independent of your wife's opinion on whether it's gross? <laughs> my Ooh, thought. That's dangerous in- territory. <laughs> I thought independently. I'm not trying to start a problem. I'm just asking about I, sheets. I wouldn't use it because it would usually just get kicked down to the bottom of my bed and then. In the summer, I do the one leg over, one leg under. So I need a kind of a hefty blanket in there still, even in the summer. I can I can see the tabloids now. Turmoil at the O'Brien house. <laughs> yeah. Top sheet or no top sheet. Yeah. Trouble in paradise as O'Brien refuses yeah. to. Right. Top sheet turvy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. God, freaking National Enquirer is going to go apeshit with that. Uh, Tim, are you team top sheet? Nah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, the, pretty much the only time I use a top sheet is if it's already on the bed at a hotel and that's just cause it's already there, whatever. And I just don't care enough. But, uh, at home it's kind of a, that's one more piece of laundry to do. Uh, growing up all the top sheet was always just like uncomfortable, much like you said, Matt. Um, and kind of like a, a, a long Richie's thing is that it, it just gets too, too hot sometimes so like i don't want more pieces of of fabric if i can avoid it that being said we still use a comforter pretty much all year round it's just that the comforter we have is much better at heat regulation than any other comforter i've had so like i don't overheat all that much or i just pull like half my body is out from the comforter other half is under like legs out and my torso is underneath or something like that i also just always have the ac on Mm -hmm. so Mm-hmm. becomes less of an issue so uh yeah no top sheet too lazy mm. I, I didn't know that there was like a, a no top sheet crowd i thought i I, th- I personally felt that everyone just had both top sheet and and comforter Mm-mm. yeah i was definitely against it for a while uh but I, I do think it is highly at least for me it was highly tied to the quality of the sheets yeah when uh, you were rocking those three thread count <laughs> sheets yeah whoa 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 rockefeller <laughs> where'd that third thread go <laughs> holy shit Jeez, I, come on, I, man! I got, I, I got to save money for booze. When I was, when I was a teenager, because I was just that lazy, I wouldn't even have a bottom sheet on my bed because it just, it would come. That off. is also that is like a teenager move. I can't. Yeah. Even when I was in college, I was like, I, I, when I lay, like, I felt like an ingrate laying in a bed mm-hmm. that didn't have the fitted sheet on appropriately. I was, oh, this is disgusting. Like, yeah, that's just <laughs> scratches. That's just caveman attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's that's no bueno. Because mm-hmm. especially because of heat. Because I think the 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 fitted sheet that's the cooling part of it. I felt like I got real hot and itchy and gross uh, laying on the on, directly on the mattress. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I think I think there was a while where I, I have a queen size mattress, but I would only sleep on half the bed, and so I would just have my comforter covering the bed, and then sleep on top of the comforter and fold it over. That's how lazy I was as a teen. Mm-hmm. Like a burrito. Exactly. <laughs> Our next question. Have you ever had a side hustle or considered having one? Well, I guess you consider my day job a side hustle considering the millions of dollars we rake in from this, <laughs> the award-winning Brose podcast. Hey, What about you guys? Uh, I mean, there were, there were a few times I did have multiple jobs. Or, uh, I drove for Uber. Um, it, when I was in what was it? Uh, uh, my junior to senior year of high school, uh, over the summer, I had two jobs. I worked at McDonald's and I worked at my high school. Um, 
but besides that, n- no, I've never. Yeah, I, my side hustle I consider brose and streaming and podcast. That's really it. Even though I get no money from that, <laughs> it's not it's a, a real hustle. hustle. Yeah, just hustle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have multiple jobs. When I was in college, I would have multiple jobs, either like a work study job, and then something with you know on campus, or, or you know, I'd, I'd have something over the summer. As far as after college, um, you know, I went to grad school. That was my that was the, the worst kind of side hustle where I paid for it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then I've done other stuff like I do occasional like freelance work and uh, with uh, on Upwork, very occasional. But uh, but it is nice when I get it. And then uh, and then DoorDash occasionally, because sometimes you just want to drive around and deliver other people's food to them. Uh, and it's a remarkably uh, simple thing to do. Uh, so I, I did that for for. Uh, bits and pieces uh, in the last couple of years, but that's really about it. I, I've never had a full on like I have this as a part time job. Never would be opposed to it, but uh, that's that's the closest I've gotten. How about you, Tim? Mm-hmm. Um, not like an ongoing gig or anything like that. Just kind of like the occasional odd job, fixing some computers at Martha's office. Uh, fixing I, the closest thing I have is like fixing up the video game systems. But even that was kind of like, here's a couple, here's a couple that I've actually turned around and sold so far. And and it's not like an ongoing process or something I continually invest in. So I don't know if I'd consider that a side hustle necessarily, but that that's pretty much it. Just like odd jobs and shit like that. Sean, anything outside of that sweet, sweet, uh, froth money? Uh, besides the froth money, uh, (laughs) no, I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever. I'm. I would, I'm not opposed to it, and like you know, power to you if you got that side hustle going. But like, I don't really need it, so it hasn't really like. I haven't really put forth the effort to try to make anything happen in that way. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's either like a necessity that like it's either got to be the necessity where it's like you need that supplemental income, or it's just hey, this is a nice thing that I like doing on the side. Mm-hmm. If it nets me a couple bucks, it nets me a couple of bucks. Uh, you know, that, that's basically been the extent of mine is just like, Hey, you know, the money's fine, but I'm doing this for, you know, the experience, do something different than what I do 40 hours a week. And, uh, and you know, that's about it. Yeah. Like I've been, uh, thinking of getting into stonks. Um, but stonks. Yeah. The stonk market, the stonk market, man. It's, but it's just, there's, I don't know if I'd be able to handle doing the stonks. Blue horseshoe Um, loves Anaconda steel. I just like saying that every time somebody mentions stocks. <laughs> so like bringing that up, the code word. And like I've even thought about and getting getting into crypto. My brother's really into it, so like he 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 pays attention to a lot of stuff. And I'm just like, I don't really know if I have like the patience, like mm. to get into stocks. Like just I want to because it could I could potentially get some good money, but at the same time, mm. I could potentially lose some good money. So like, mm-hmm. is it worth it? I, for one, think it is a good idea to put your money into a a stock or NFT or a cryptocurrency whose value can fluctuate drastically because the CEO of an unrelated company went on a late night show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. For Doge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to the moon. Hey, hey. Shut the fuck up. He's 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 no. Well, yeah. If you're was that was that no that was Musk that went on the late show. Never was mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I heard today that, or yesterday, Bezos is no longer CEO of Amazon, so. 
Yeah, he stepped down. He's, he's literally going to the moon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going there with his brother just, in a couple of weeks. But just, uh, just leave him there. Yeah, day training's too much for me. I, I can't. It's it's uh for for a variety of reasons. I don't want any part of that. Like just just uh sticking in and that sticking in those index funds, man. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Our next question. Um, how do you separate your work life from your home life? A ninety degree turn. My yeah, work it's... computer is Ooh. 90 degrees right here, mm-hmm. and my home computer is right in front of me, so it's literally a 90-degree turn. Yeah. It's hard now, man. Yeah. Working from home all the time, it's so hard mm-hmm. to, like, because it, it's so easy for them to bleed into one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had times where I'm just, like, tempted. I'm like, I, I will go upstairs to do something else, and it's, you know, a couple hours after I've logged out, and I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to knock out a few emails now. <laughs> like it's seven. Like it. I, I bring it upon myself because I'm like, oh, it'll be, it'll make things easier for me in the morning. As if there won't be more when I log on tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I think I, I usually once the once I hit like I, I usually there's like a berth I give myself where I'll allow myself to go over the normal time when I log off and everything. But after that, like I'll usually I'll unplug the laptop. I'll I'll set it to the side on my desk and I'll just I won't go back into the office unless I absolutely need to uh, after I, I get done with work. It's definitely harder to do with the work-life balance but with uh, with the working from home but I think the more you do it the more you're able to mentally compartmentalize like this is the part of my house from these hours this is my workspace and after that this is my leisure space you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think another way people do it is they'll leave the house I think some people leave the house right afterwards and either go work out or go run errands or something like that. So there is that clear break, almost like a almost like a commute, but you're getting stuff done. Yeah. Tim. Yeah, uh mine's easy. I, I haven't had to really deal with that issue from working from home because I really didn't at all. Um so honestly, it's just kind of the only stuff I would typically take home with me is just utter frustration and anger. So it's just like, don't dwell, try to let it go, vent as I can, but like, don't just straight up trying to not break that, bring that home. Uh, it is helpful with my current, current job because even though they can call us at home and be like, oh, we need this, blah, 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 blah. Um, because my supervisor now manager, uh, she got promoted, has been through all of that and like spending so much time and like at work, she's like, I can't. I have to change that for myself and I can't put you guys through that. So having a manager under the same mindset of separating work and home is also helpful because she's expecting us to not spend our entire life at work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice, man. Any thoughts on splitting up the work-life balance, Sean? Um. I, well, it used to be easy for me because I uh, I used to have an office in my room, but um, unfortunately, when Mary got her new job, all of the meetings that she's in all day are HIPAA, so I had to leave. Uh, yeah. So now I'm at the kitchen table. So it's a little bit more difficult because, like, I basically like close my. Well, I kind of do what Matt said. I when work is done, I close my laptop and I leave to go get Alice. And then when I come back, then it's like, all right, now it's family time. So I have a like a real delineated periods, which mm. is good. I think so. That works for me. The other split up that I have is that uh, the the cat knows about what time I get done work now. 
And so uh, when I leave, I'll go down uh, into the bedroom and just like, you know, I'll be on my phone for a couple of minutes and the cat will just jump up and be like, all right, you're done. It is time to pet me now. And, uh, <laughs> now. As a nice decompressor where I was just like his his amount of patience and tolerance for me is about 10 to 15 minutes at most. So that's like a nice decompressor. I'll just like I'll sit on my phone and like check my messages or scroll Twitter for a few minutes and just pet the cat for a little bit. It's a nice, nice decompressor. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Same yeah. with uh, with Chase. He he seems to know at around five o'clock when I take my headphones off, it's time for him to eat. And so like that's like, all right, shut down my computer, finish whatever video I was watching, hmm. take off headphones. And then he uh, like hypes up and is like so happy. And I'm like, all right, we're off. We're out of work. Nice. Uh, yeah. Pets. They are so smart for being so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Next question is, do you have a professional mentor? And if not, do you want one? Hmm. So I had one at my old job uh, when I worked for a different uh, financial institution. Uh, I, I had professional mentors there. And I have like an unofficial one at my current job. Uh, it's never been established. Like you are going to mentor me and shepherd me through my professional development. Uh, but but uh, they've essentially shown me the ropes and, and you know introduced me to a bunch of people and answer my questions. Um, and then outside of that, you know, if I've, I I do have somebody who is is kind of a mentor, kind of a friend, kind of a coworker, uh, somebody that I've worked on projects with, uh, one of my old professors at Temple, uh, who I've I've done work with in the past, who uh, I've asked for advice periodically, and and she's pointed me in the direction of some folks. So it's a lot of like tenuous. That's the thing with like the corporate jobs is like you can have the mentor relationship where you like you sign up for like a networking event and suddenly great you're my mentor now and like you you have them saved in your address book as mentor or something like that <laughs> uh and then there's the other stuff where it sort of just naturally develops and uh and you you help them as best you can but ultimately they've got more experience than you and they're gonna you know they don't mind sort of showing you the ropes a bit <clears throat> how about you timmy uh i've never officially had one i've kind of seen that uh I've kind of always just approached any supervisor or manager, even if they weren't necessarily in my department with the idea of like, Hey, obviously I'll work with you if I need to, but I'm also just going to in general, like talk with you and learn from you, whether it's to whether it directly applies to me or not having that knowledge of how other processes may work or how other just, different management styles I've always uh, used to kind of tweak my own. So as far as like an official mentor, no, I just kind of talk to everybody and annoy everybody. Uh, and do That's I, do I baby. want, huh? That's networking, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a less and, cynical networking. Cause you just are na- you, you just naturally talk to them. Yeah. It's uh, definitely not cynical. It's it's very much just like wanting to learn from as many people as possible. And I think that's the easiest way, not the easiest way to learn, but the most well-rounded way. Cast the net wide, get as much information as you can and identify like, yes, this is helpful. No, this is not helpful and all that shit, uh, which is how you should get your news as well. Besides the yeah. point... Uh, yeah, so no, I don't. I've never had an official mentor, and uh, I don't know if I would ever seek one out because I feel like that's just too restrictive, too rigid. Yeah, just too weird. Because then if I don't, if I don't like you, I'm also just gonna be like, yeah, I don't actually value anything that you're giving me. So can I go now? Hmm. 
Bye. It's a naturally end a, a natural break. Yeah. Yeah, a natural break of please go away. Bye bye. Listen, I, I, I've decided you, you've taught me a lot, and I appreciate that. I've decided to expand my horizons in other directions, and uh, I, I think I will certainly connect with you in the future if need be. But I don't think we need to have regular <laughs> meetings anymore. That's way too wordy. I would just say, "Okay, bye." Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean, do you have a professional mentor? I I do not. Um, you know, I do have like my boss will help me out here and there, but I I do so many things for so many people that it kind of, it's hard. I don't have like one person and I would like that one person, you know, to just like make things a little bit less complicated and, or just show me how I can like, give me an idea of how I could progress in my role because as it stands, I feel like any move I make would just be lateral. So it's like, I need, I need someone to show me the ropes a little bit. So I would like one. So if you're listening to this, my future mentor, yeah, <laughs> reach out. Somewhere Help out me. There. Uh, Rich, do you have a professional mentor? Uh, in my actual day job, no, I do not. Um, my job is so easy that like it's just here's your work, do it, and that's how they they don't train properly there. Kind of need somebody who actually tells us why we do the things and not just how to do the things. Um, but uh, no, I don't have one. And for my day job, I wouldn't want one just because I don't plan on staying there for that long. Uh, I don't think this is going to be my forever job. Uh, and so I, I I, just I don't want one. Uh, if I could pick to have one for, say, social media and digital marketing, I wouldn't mind having one for that stuff uh, to help me network and brand myself and my projects better. That's about it. Have any of you been a mentor before? No. Sharing all that expertise. <laughs> yeah. I, nah, I've been a forward. tutor. I've been a tutor is probably the closest I've ever come to being a mentor. Yeah, I've been a coach tutor. a couple yeah. of times. I uh, I went straight from being a crew person to an assistant manager and skipped over being a crew trainer at McDonald's. So, no, I was never a mentor even there. <laughs> <laughs> There was a development program at the last company I was at that uh, that I was involved with for a few years, and so they would they would pair people up every year. So there were a couple of folks that I like uh, that I, that would <laughs> most of the time it was me like like saying, okay, here's the per- you want to go to an area that I'm not involved with at all. Here's the person that actually can help. I know them. They can. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of that, uh, and then just a lot of just I don't know general like work acumen advice, but like never a hey. Kaz Nell's got the job that I want. It's, it's, it's usually program related, but uh, yeah. I I don't think I would be a good mentor because what I know and what I do comes so quickly and easily to me that when people don't understand why things are the way they are, I get mad at them. Well, the big thing, the mentorship is not just learning your, your current job. It's like, okay, I want to progress somewhere else in this company or in this industry mm-hmm. and how this person has a job that, either is something that I want or something that that's tangentially related to what I want. You've been in this business, this industry, this company for X number of years, you know, what's your advice. And I think that, that that's most of the time, most of the mentor relationships that I've had has been in that respect. It's not been like that. I've had people who have done, who've taught me the job before, but there's, but there's the mentorship thing is more of a career development mm-hmm. role okay. in my experience. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think the closest I've come to being an actual mentor would be working at Wawa and like 
there was a couple guys I worked with that it was like, all right, let let's see what we can develop you into if you are interested in pursuing this. Uh, one of those worked out well. The other one backfired, and I was just like, listen, I I put time into you. You asked for my assistance. I told you this is what this was going to be. He was also my example for like, uh, having a friend at work that ended up going poorly. It's like we had the line. I was like, this is going to be the line. This is it. And you tried to abuse that and that we're not friends anymore. That's how that works. You can't have my pogs. (laughs) (laughs) You're my pogs. You've been revoked. Yeah. It's like if if you become a flake, then I can't help you. I can't help you not be a flake. That's tough. You can only get into it what you can, uh, what the other person's willing to put into it. I mean, you can only get out of it what you're willing to uh, put into it. One of those combinations of words. (laughs) Yeah. One of of those platitudes. Yeah. And anytime I've, uh, had like talks with coworkers where they're like, I don't know what to do. My supervisor sucks, blah, blah, blah. But I always tell them, you need to talk to your supervisor and let them know that like they're doing things wrong. Well, that doesn't do anything because they always, they don't listen. I'm like, then you have to go over their head. Unfortunately, that's what you have to do. You have to go over their head. You have to go to HR. You have to go to their boss. And then they just shut down and don't respond to it anyway. So I turn them like, all right, I don't ever complain. Are they looking this. to you for a solution to the problem or do they just want to vent? It's they, they're looking to vent, but it okay. gets to a point where they vent about it every day. And this has been hmm. with coworkers from my past job, coworkers with my current job. Like they vent about it every day and every day I listen and every day I'm like, sucks, but your supervisor sucks. You got to talk to him about it to where it gets to a point where I'm like, look, I know you're just trying to vent. But you vent about it every day. You need to go up the ladder. You need to talk to somebody else about it. I, that's uh, this is a bad, unhealthy work relationship you've got right here. You and you it. say you're not a mentor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't see myself as a mentor. I, that's just what I would do. But no one ever listens to me, and so yeah. it's like I, I turn around, and be like, all right, then don't complain to me about it anymore. Yeah. You're not going to so- listen. Sometimes it's it's no longer even the fact that they're complaining. They're looking just for commiseration and somebody to blindly agree with them so that cuz sometimes if if they're consistently complaining about the same person, uh maybe it's not actually that person's fault. Like that's the hardest conversation I've ever had with the coworkers. Like the supervisor sucks and I'm like, "Why?" Well, they did this this and this and it's like what about your part in this where you effed this up you blamed this person and it's like that's not my fault and it's like how is that not a direct result of what you've done so you're looking mm-hmm. for me to help back you up and like yeah supervisor shuck and it's like yeah. technically this is your fault and the supervisor's doing their job yeah so you get some of that too oh yeah and and i've 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 had those moments with those coworkers where i'm like well maybe you should reach out to your supervisor and be like hey what should I do next? No, it's not my job to ask them what I should do next. They should just give me what I do next. And it's like, okay, yeah. I'm turning it around. This has been the water cooler with the Bros. <laughs> <A> podcast. <laughs> right? Next question is, does your extended family ever take trips together? Yeah, not with me. <laughs> wow. It's just home alone every time. <laughs> yeah, my, my cousins, like uh, all the families of my cousins weird and in my weird ass family tree that i am somehow part of uh they are constantly going on trips together uh not that i feel left out because it's like we haven't been close in a long time so but that's the closest example i have 
other than that, it's usually just like, well, we're coming down to see you, or we're going on this thing by ourselves. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they're constantly like going to Wildwood or somewhere else. It's just like the whole family went down, and it's like I don't know until they've been there for three days and are getting ready to come home. I'm like, oh, well, I I, I didn't do anything this week. <laughs> Strange, awkward. Um, we went on a, a vacation with me and my whole mom's side of the family, basically, and my 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 then fiance and her her in laws. Uh, went down to the Outer Banks uh, about four years ago now, and boy, that was like the last trial for my my in laws, my future in laws, <laughs> and my my fiance. Because like, if you can survive all of my mom's side of the family in a confined space for a week, you know, hundreds of miles from home, <laughs> this is going to work out just fine. Uh, so we did that, and and back in the day, we used to to do like a family. We, we have a we're like my grandmother has a condo down in Sea Isle City, and uh, we we would go, you know, we we split the condo for the weekend. Maybe go down with some aunts and uncles, something like that. Um, I go down to the beach with uh, with my in laws and my wife and uh, her her aunts and uncles sometimes. Um, yeah, so so somewhat regularly, I'd say once every like couple of years, depending on which side of the family you're talking about. Uh, what about you, Rich? Uh, not with like uh, aunts and uncles and cousins. We we haven't done that in probably twenty, uh, fifteen to twenty years. Um, it's usually when we do go away, it's like my immediate family with like my brother and sister, their spouses, and then like. My sister-in-law's family, uh, like my sister-in-law's sister and brother and dad, and that's about it. Like, and it'll be to like Outer Banks or whatever. We don't. The rest of my family, we we barely even get together once a year at this point. So, Sean, what about you? Um, my like Tim, my cousins will go up the mountains, and then I'll hear about it like while they're up there, and I'm like, cool, <laughs> which is fine with me because like what fun. Yes, but have a, have a blasty. Um, <laughs> have a blasty. What the fuck God, is no, that? No wonder you don't get invited. <laughs> Christ, what yeah. a square! Uh, but um, we're gonna have a grand old knee slapper of a weekend. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> be the bee's knees. Um, <laughs> the, uh, invite me next time, or I'll give you the old one too. <laughs> um. But yeah, we don't, we, other than that, we just go, like, we have gone on trips with, like, Mary's parents, and Mary's gone on, like, trips with my uh, family for, like, uh, I think a baby shower. She went out to Ohio with my family, but for the most part, no. Would you guys like to go on more trips with your extended family? I say, covering my head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some of them, yeah. Uh, my, my, some of my cousins I'm, I'm cool with, um, uh, not Vince, but that's, <laughs> he doesn't count. Gotta uh, be cool to be cool with him. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so, some of my cousins I'm cool with, they, uh, and, uh, my one cousin actually, I didn't know that they were, um, they were renewing their wedding vows this year. They went to Mexico. I'm like, man, I wish I could have gone to Mexico to watch you renew your wedding vows. That would have been awesome. Happened to be on the same day as my sister's wedding, so couldn't really do that. But <laughs> still, would have been would have been nice to get that invite. 
Oh, yeah. I'd love to go on a trip with the McKays. <laughs> <laughs> you would love it for one and a half days. That's probably accurate. But the problem is there's five and a half days afterwards. <laughs> See, that I feel like that would be a true statement for me with almost any group of family members from anybody's family. Yeah. There's a certain mm-hmm. point where you're just like, dude, I, I value my autonomy and my personal space yeah. mm-hmm. a little bit more like like I'm, I'm a generally pretty social person but even me after like three or four days i was like oh God. i mean yeah. The, yeah. the fact that i could tolerate firefly with you guys yeah. is a, like a testament to how much i like you guys a testament <laughs> to how much bacardi grand melon we brought down <laughs> so much yeah. <laughs> yeah even even with uh family vacations of the outer banks with me i'm like if we go for a week Five out of the seven days, I'm doing my own thing because I'm just like I, I just I don't I don't have plans to do anything on vacation. I just want to wing it. Like it's vacation. Why be stressed about scheduling and stuff? Just have fun. Mm-hmm. Our next question is: What food did you last prepare, and was it good? So, Tess, what you need to do right here is cut the whole preamble about me and my chicken nuggets, and just put it right here. Yeah. Talk about Rich zapping these <laughs> these chicken nuggets. These nugs. Uh, the hot nug so, talk gossip. So, yeah, so Rich, before the show, uh, was discussing yeah. these just absolutely scrumptious sounding uh, frozen chicken oh, nuggets. They, that they he, were. That he made. I, I, yeah, they're like Ein's brand, Ian's Ein's, I don't really know, uh, mm. brand. It was like a big family pack. I was like, oh, I've never seen a big family pack of gluten free chicken nuggets. Let me buy them. Red flag number one. <laughs> Red flag, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and I make them and, and uh, air fry them. And then uh, I go, I sit down to eat it. And it's chicken nuggets and French fries. And they're just like mush inside. And it was just gross. It was the least appetizing thing I've ever eaten. And I still have like 20 of them in the freezer that I eventually going to have to eat because I don't like wasting food. So rich, get the downshift Good. back to kid cuisine. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, Tim, what was the last thing you made, uh, and was it good? Uh, So I made some nachos, but not like good nachos. Uh, I don't know how to describe them in a way that is not some way offensive, so I just won't. Uh, we well, we started with not good, so that knocks off about half of the. Well, they're not they're not with. like they're not like high quality nachos. It's like uh, all right, here's a here's a layer of chips, which were like Aldi brand scoops. So layer those, some random ass chili esque thing in a can. Here's some queso and some shredded cheese. Another layer mm-hmm. of chips. Top it off with all the same crap into the microwave for a minute forty five. So high class, not at all. Delicious and full of salt, absolutely. <laughs> I'm I'm done sleeping on Aldi. I'm not an Aldi shopper, but every time I hear about Aldi, it's always like, yo, they've actually got like the best organic guava this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> like, Aldi? The, the store where you need like a quarter to just get a cart, like uh-huh. that place. Like, oh, but uh-huh. yeah, it's like it's like okay, every like ninety like seventy five percent of the food is like what you would expect from like a discount brand grocer, and then it's just like. Oh yeah, but they have like or- great organic iceberg lettuce. 
Why? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just don't How? get their vanilla ice cream. Vanilla ice cream is the only See, thing I've had. That every is time, everybody's terrible. got one thing. Everybody's got <laughs> one thing. It's a vanilla ice cream for you, Timmy. And then, like, like my my my, my mother in law, I, I forget what she mentioned, but she said like, oh yeah, the best might have been watermelon. Like, oh, no, been, like I was saying fruit. the worst. Oh, the vanilla the worst? ice cream is the worst. Oh, everything else is good. I've mm-hmm. I've oh, had good. some like great five layer dip from Aldi and stuff like. They've got some good food. They had better gluten-free chicken nuggets at Aldi than these Heinz brand nuggets. And they were like a quarter of the price, I'm sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Sean, uh, what was the last food you made and was it good? Um, For dinner, I made some Beyond Sausages. Hell yeah. They were very good. Beyond Sausage is like so close to being real sausage because sausage is just spices. So, so good. Yeah, it's a meat or, or combination of vegetables of choice in a tube. And yeah. And a proper amount of spices on it. And I've had delicious, like, buffalo chicken sausage. I've had I've, I've had some of your Beyond Sausage in the past, and it, it's delicious. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. So I um I did meal prep for us last week before we, we went to uh, the beach for Fourth of July weekend. So I, I'm not really going to count what I made for meal prep, because technically I made those... Uh, like four or five days ago, even though I just heated them up today. Uh, but I did make a French toast bake for my my fam- my, my my wife's family over the weekend in Wildwood, and this stuff is banging, man. Like, uh, it's it's uh, it's a I I don't think this is like a novel discovery, but it's basically just baguette, chop it up into pieces. You pour you know pour the egg mixture over it, and you let it sit in the pan for like a night. And then the next day you stuff it in the oven for 45 minutes or so. And you've got like just delicious, uh, you know, sugary, sweet, uh, like just, just the right amount of flavor because you've had the, the baguette soaking in it all night. Uh, and it's incredibly easy to do. So French toast bake uh, that I made with uh, blueberries and almonds in it. And it was delicious. Not even going to front. It's amazing. <laughs> I... That French toast bake is what I make for Christmas breakfast every year with my family. And it takes me three days because I make my own bread ahead of it. Um. <laughs> so it's like it takes three days to make French toast for me because mm. I have to make bread and then I have to make the custard and have it sit for a night and then I have to bake it. So, so whereas Richie had some crappy chicken nuggies, I had some poor man's nachos and Sean had some sausage. Matt's like... Oh, I made some French toast. I made, yeah, I, <laughs> I took an Ellie Krieger recipe toast. and, and uh, went to town with it. Yeah, almonds, blueberries, it's the most bougie shit possible. Snobby like, ass oh, it's, a, it's got a cinnamon sugar and maple, ex- like the egg mixture had maple syrup in it. Like it was just like, just, just as hoity-toity as you could possibly get. But the reason I did it was because I could make it before we left. I could mix it up in the pan, put it in a container, bring it down to Wildwood, and then the next morning pop it in the oven and <laughs> voila breakfast and i just all i did was sit there for 45 minutes and sip coffee that's smart it was well, if, it was... if we had recorded yesterday i would have been able to say that i made banana bread because i had four large bananas getting ready to not be edible anymore so i made two loaves of banana bread but unfortunately unfortunately you had we... you had, you had to, to intersperse that just foul sounding chicken nugget mixture into oh, the man. into the mix. Do you consider yourself successful? Yeah. Working on it. 
That wasn't a question. I just figured I'd bring it up. Uh, <laughs> no. So, the, yeah, the penultimate question for this session is, do you consider yourself successful? Uh, and I guess I will add in why or how. Um, I think I'm successful in that I'm at a place where I don't really have to worry about, like, I don't really have to, we don't really have to worry about anything. And I have a family and we're close. And it's like pretty much everything that I wanted as a kid I have right now. So, like, my metric of success, I have achieved it. So, at this point, it's only uphill, baby. <laughs> uh, Richie, do you consider yourself a success? Uh, no. I, or successful? I am, no, I am uh, the exact opposite of Sean. Like, everything I thought about what I wanted as a kid, I still don't have. I don't have that forever job. I don't have that 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 uh, 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 partner or... I, I mean, all I have really to show for everything I've got is my house. And I'm not even really happy about my house. So just overall, no, I don't see myself as successful at all. Now, what would it take for you to feel that you are successful? Uh, a job I'm proud of, for starters. And just um, general content or happiness with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, and not, that's not to say that I'm not happy ever or whatever, but it's like overall, when I think about everything that's, I'm just like, there's more down than up for the most part in my life. And so I want more up than down for me to consider myself successful. I think there's a, a a healthy amount of discontent that is needed to propel you because Mm -hmm. I think like, I, I consider myself mostly successful but there's still stuff i want to accomplish yeah and i think if you just sit like, like and i'm sure you're, you're the same way sean it's just that like you you hit a couple of, of mile markers that you think you need in your life it's like hey we, we own a house yeah have a have a wife or a husband or partner uh that you love and and, uh, and a family in some cases and you know you you have some modicum of success in your career like i have things in my life that i think i am successful at and i have accomplished and i'm very happy with with almost all of my life but there's that element of discontentment where it's like i could be i could do more like there's there's more that i want to accomplish there's more i Mm -hmm. want to do in my career whether it's my day job you know working in in the finance industry or doing side work doing the podcast or you know with my family you know there's there's more that i want to do um but it's sort of a it's tough for me to remind myself because i'll see you know a friend of mine being successful in an area that i'd like to be successful in or I'd, I'll see, I'll read an article about people who are, you know, doing things that I, that, you know, me and my wife want to do. And, you know, for a moment, I'll, I'll get down in the dumps about it. But then I'll remember, like, yeah, right now you don't have this. But you also have X, Y, and Z. And you have time to accomplish the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what it is. I think you need to have, like, for every, I don't know, I'm put a number on it, like 80 to 85% happiness and contentment with your life. And what you've accomplished, and I, I think that's kind of where I'm at. But you'll always have that like ten to fifteen percent, um, or or twenty percent, where you just go, "I could do more," and that sort of propels you to to go forward. Mm-hmm. How about mm-hmm. you, uh, Tim? Um, so I don't know if I've ever self def- like figured out what my own definition of success is. There's many different definitions. Uh, I mean, fiscally, no. Uh, but I think for <laughs> exactly. Uh I I think I've been successful in getting beyond where I should have with my circumstances. Um 
and that includes not finishing college or my degree, but that's always something that in the back of my head is still a failing. Um, not mm-hmm. that I necessarily failed, but it's just like something that even on an interview where everything's going great and they're like, so are you going back to school? It's so like, it's a, just a hanging question. It's like, regardless of what I've done, that is always kind of like a ball and chain dragging behind me. Um, so I think that's a goal that I would like to get back to in the next uh, year or two is getting back into school. And I think that that to me by itself would be a distinct measure of success for me. Uh, but like Sean said, like I uh, got married. I'm happy. I love my wife. Tim She's is currently great. looking off camera at, at the <laughs> aforementioned wife. At his See. wife. <laughs> uh, and and even though I haven't finished my degree, and even if I've been moving between jobs, except for like one of them, it's it's largely been out of a striving to better myself and striving to develop myself more rather than like, I hate this job. I hate this job. I hate this job. Uh, so I feel like I've been successfully moving forward and developing as a professional in manufacturing fields. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to some extent, but the, the literally that degree thing just always is a kick in the nads whenever I even begin pondering uh, success. Yeah, but that that and I completely get that. But I also will, I will remind you that the degree does not direct deposit into your account every two weeks. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll make that direct deposit higher. It could. It absolutely could. Uh, but I but I do think, like like you said, like there's there's elements where you have to look back on it and say, like for me, it's it's the same thing. It's like, hey, you know, this line of work isn't necessarily what I imagined myself doing ten years ago. But I got a pretty good job in it uh, with the opportunity to continue to grow, and it allows me. And this is a type of job that allows me the opportunities to pursue other interests outside of work. Um, so, so there's, there's, it's, there's different, there's different levels of success, different markers of success. And, uh, it's just a matter what you do with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totes. I I mean, if, if you had asked me this question two years ago, I probably would have said yes. I, I, I didn't hate my job as much. Like I actually enjoyed what I did and like, I was doing something that like made my brain work and things like that, that like it wasn't mundane and monotonous. And for the most part, I would. I would see myself as successful, but over the past two years, having had lost my job and everything now, it's just, it's brought me down and being a job that I just, there's no growth in and I need to just get out. It just, it brings that answer down. Mm-hmm. This is an impetus for you to, uh, to propel forward. Uh, and, and you'll be fine. You'll, you'll be yeah. able to make that happen. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, we're going to transition into our final question, which is not a question. It's a game. It's the only game. It's America's game. It's the Antiques Roadshow guessing game. I'm disappointed that you didn't ask what time it was. That was beginning uh, to be my favorite bit. We <laughs> ask what time it is, and instead of saying roadshow time, we say exactly what time it is. <laughs> you know what time week, it is? Uh, four, 9, 9.06? 9.07 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday, July 6th. <laughs> Everybody, open up Addendum 1 in your email. For those of you who are just joining us for the first time uh, when we play this game, the Antiques Roadshow Guessing Game is America's game. It's sweeping the nation. We look at an item that was appraised on uh, the PBS program Antiques Roadshow. We try to determine what the item is, uh, what its function is, and guess how much it is worth. Tim Hansen, 
What are we looking at tonight? Uh, we are looking at some sort of cylindrical object in the background, uh, made of some sort of silver metal with some goldish metals around the ends. Uh, it is almost like a cage or some cool design like that, rather than it being a solid cylinder. In front of it, directly in front of it, leaning against it, are three... Uh, they're either glass or some sort of stone. From left to right would be white, blue, and red. They all have the same kind of gold metal uh, encasing around them. And then in the front, a clear disc, which may or may not be a lens of some sort. So I'm thinking fancy old kaleidoscope. <laughs> oh. The cylinder looks like a, like a, almost like a Chinese finger trap. Like if, kind it of. Ma- if it was made of metal. Um, it, it looks like you could potentially open one or both ends. Uh, I would assume the lens fits in one side and you can change like what of those stones. Maybe there's some sort of lenses or something like that. Maybe there's more inside, mm. but they change like kind of what you see. But it's fancy. I think you're right about that. Because I mean, what, what other function would the other three, the, the lenses or, or stones have? If not to change the way you view through that that viewfinder. I mean, depending how small they are, they could be actual examples of precious stones as just like an example. Like, here, look at these. Now look at this other thing. Is it real? Possible, but it's hard because there's no real sense of scale. So I'm just assuming that each one of those is like maybe slightly larger than my thumb. Sean, what do you think it is? Uh, The kaleidoscope answer is so good. I think it's it's um it's like a you you would shine a light through the lens on the end and then it like refracts off of the crystals or whatever and you get like a little light show out the side of the thing. Could be That's what that what little ring item is for yeah. too, maybe. Okay, guys, Martha's making fun of my color blindness and she says it's not white, blue, red, it's white, purple, black. It is yeah. in fact white, purple, black. <laughs> it's <laughs> white, purple, black. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. You're fired. Yeah, congratulations to a friend of the show, Martha D. Sanson, uh, for once again calling him out on his just absolutely humiliating amount of colorblindness. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> um, Rich, what do you think this is? Uh, again, I was trying to think of some like obscure, ridiculous story, but like that kaleidoscope uh, um, guess really does seem good. I thought the gemstones were maybe rings of sorts, and I thought maybe this could have been like a jewelry holder, but that really wouldn't have explained the, um, the disc, uh, unless like we're seeing that wrong and it's an actual ring and not an actual clear disc. Um, but yeah, I, I'll go with the kaleidoscope as well. You know, no, I'm going to say it's, it's, it's rings in a ring case just because I want to be different and maybe win, but probably won't. Hmm. Um, uh, the yeah, problem is, going... is that you're changing the wrong thing. We almost never remember that part. And we only look at the price. <laughs> yeah. 2500 Alex. There we go. Tim's got 2500 I, I I think it's also kaleidoscope-ish. Just to put an extra spin on it, I'm going to say maybe this is like some old like scientific way bing, of, looking at, uh, of looking at things and maybe the three different gemstones allow you to look at uh, specimens through three different color lenses or something. Um, I'm going to say it's worth four grand. That's a good take on it. Mm-hmm. How about you, Sean? Um, I I'm gonna say it's worth a thousand dollars. And rich. Uh, I was gonna say four thousand and one dollars, but I won't do that. 
Uh, I'll say six grand. I admire you for not taking the coward's bet of four thousand and one dollars. We have a script here. Who wants to be in the Brose Players this week? Me, 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 me. And who's going to be playing with Tim? Who? <laughs> not all at once. Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. Hey, listeners had an awful lot of Casno's voice the guest this time. The... Uh, do you want to be the guest or the appraiser, Matt? I will be the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Who do you want to be? <laughs> I'll be the appraiser. All right, and I'll be the guest. All right. Uh, end action. Uh, I was living in Brazil, and I saw this at an antique show, and it was presented to me as being some kind of a Chinese game or something. I thought, that can't be a Chinese game. It has all these gems inside. I said, it must be like an energy battery. Uh, there are many people that believe you can use crystals to do healing and curing, and I, I really felt that's what it was. So I purchased the thing, $500. And I took it home and I started examining it and I discovered a tiny, tiny signature that was made in Boucheron in Paris, 1884. Uh, several years later, we were in Paris and I went to Boucheron and I showed them the piece and they thought it was beautiful. But they said, we don't have the ledger on it. So it was probably a special order. That ain't absolutely fits Boucheron being formed in 1858. Boucheron, a French jeweler of a renowned name. Right. He was certainly one of the innovators of different types of motifs and styles. And you have these little florets. Then over here, you'll see a peony. And then we have a fan. Chuckling. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> right. And then, if, if we roll it over... There's even a little teapot. There's exactly a little teapot. Again, here's that repeating pattern. We have some ferns around the edge. There's some bamboo. So there's a lot of different loosely interpreted Asian motifs going on. This metal is sterling silver. It's nicely oxidized to this nice hue. I uh, fucked up the accent. Whatever. Uh, this is all hand-pierced. They lay it out and then grave it lightly. And then they'll sit down and piece all these sections out. Amazing. And then, after they're done piercing it, they go back and engrave everything. It's very typical of the work that Boucheron would have done on a woman's necessaire. I think this is a healing necessaire. Now we have to open it up. We're going to push this in. This <laughs> Tess, can we get some appropriate music for this part? <laughs> <laughs> the stones that are here, I looked up. Amethyst is a very calming effect. People use it for meditation. Crystal can remove bad or negative energy. Once you put these all back in here, and you would put the cover back on, if you go to the other side, this side doesn't let them go down into the cylinder. You put, this, you put the crystal or the stone of your choice, let's say right now you want to be calm. You put the amethyst here, you flip the cover. That's right. And now you can hold the device. You know, that's something I hadn't thought about. You can see on the rims over here it's signed Boucheron Paris. My feeling is also with you on the, that this was most definitely a special order. At auction today, something like this could be ten to twelve thousand dollars. Good, good. Uh, that sounds great. That's uh, it's great. <laughs> well, <laughs> shit. Scene. So, Rich, see, uh, karma rewards you for not taking that coward's <laughs> bet, and you win with uh, being closest <laughs> to the ten to twelve thousand dollar range. 
And I think I kind of win because I said it was some sort of jewelry type thing. And it was, I mean, it's not really jewelry, but it's not a kaleidoscope. Yeah, but you, yeah, but t- Tim, you're, you can't penalize Tim for being more specific than you. <laughs> It'd be like right. if Tim said kaleidoscope, and you're like, "This is a more like a thing." Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, six grand, of course. Okay. Yeah, it's a <laughs> thing. We're gonna take take your credit for the for the six thousand dollars. I'll take it. All right, good stuff, guys. Uh, that is all we have for this session, uh, as far as questions are concerned. Uh, anyone with a closing thought or a take? Mm-mm. No. Mm. I thought I had one, but I forgot. I, I, <laughs> Good I stuff. could do. I could do one, and I think it's better than ranch dressing. <laughs> That's You're a on, very low bar. Yeah, You're on thin ice, Mister. All right, Rich. Uh, we're heading into a new episode of the Sweeten Show here. What do you got? Uh, so I want to start with asking you guys a question. What kind of body wash do you all use? Do you use the men targeted stuff, like men's whatever, or and if you whatever you use, is it scented? Yeah, it's men. Yeah, it's like it's like that three in one stuff. I just uh, use bar and it's soap. like citrus something or other. Yeah, I okay. use whatever is closest to my hand at the time. So like I've got a bar of soap that I don't know where it came from. And, and that's why Tim has cleaned himself with Neosporin for the last six months. <laughs> that explains all the tingling. <laughs> uh, but I also have. Uh, no, it's not Old Spice. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it smells good, and that's kind of the only metric I use. So, you, mentioning Old Spice at least, th- th- this brings me into into my my take. Um, I uh, I use a, a, a brand called Everyman Jack, um, and they have the scents they have are sandalwood and beach, and then you have Old Spice, and they have Kraken Guard and Bear Glove. Where's my fucking melon fl- melon scented men's body wash? Hmm. I want to smell like fruit. I found Everyman Jack has citrus body wash, but you know what? That's not fruity enough. That just smells like clean. I want to smell like melon and berries. Why is it that we still have targeted scents, but they're not stuff like that? Like I want, I want to smell like fruit. That's all. That's all I want. Then, then go buy fruit. So my ar- my argument my argument would be that those things absolutely exist in a non female targeted fashion. It's just it's not targeted at men. It just exists. Yeah. And women are the only one who tend to actively look for something like that. Yeah. It, so I mean, like it's... Bed Bath and Beyond definitely got it. Well, that's not the place I wanted to go. What's the place with the smelly candles and Bath and Body Works? Christmas shop. Yankee Candle. Bath and Body Works, that one. You can absolutely go there and get melon-scented body wash and literally everything else you're looking for, and it'll hit up your out Like, it'll hit exactly what you're looking for, and it'll clean you just as well. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's not that yeah. that is directly female advertised. It's just that everyone's yeah. like, ah, oh, that's a woman's store. Yeah, and that's, that's, like, more of my problem is, like, I being raised the way I've been raised and and like I when I go to the store I don't really know what I'm buying when it comes to hygiene products that when it says men I'm like I guess I have to buy it and it's just that little switch in my head that I still have to flip that I can just buy whatever the hell I want that works mm-hmm. but it's like while I still have that s- switch flip to I have to buy the men targeted stuff can you please just give me some melon stuff at Wal- at Wegmans 
melon flavored or melon scented men's body wash. <laughs> <So> melon flavored <laughs> body wash. Melon flavored yeah, yeah. body wash. You know what? That's fine too. That's that's all. Like I just I want to smell like fruit. So until Rich goes to therapy to unflip the switch, <laughs> where's where's his men yeah. uh, men centric melon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do want to hand uh, it to you, Rich. This is definitely better than the ranch take, and uh, <laughs> it, it's 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 valid. I mean, like, look at the uh, we're we're in a, a stage and where we we've, we've accepted that that gender and gendered products are either on a spectrum or not needed in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not make it more available? Yeah. Doctor Squatch has a uh, cedar citrus. Well, now I'm all the way out but, on that. But name see, that's that's still that's still cedar. That's still like the the quote men's sense of of wood or like it's. Uh, I mean, but cedar is very generic and in a lot of women scented things as well. So it's not that they're strictly men's sense. It's you're just thinking that it's going to be the overpowering scent. So you don't know that you're just guessing. <laughs> Maybe I will fight you. There's also Bali soap, passion fruit. That sounds awesome. I do say See? I do get a genuine like I, I've had times where like I've I've gone on a trip and forgotten shampoo or something like that, um, and we're not in a hotel and I'll borrow like like my wife's shampoo or if we're going down to the condo, uh, there's shampoo there from another family member and it's it's a nice change of pace to be like oh it's watermelon it's yeah, yeah. I smell like coconuts today yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Like, yeah, it's a nice change of pace it's not something that I'd want every day but I don't confront anybody who wants to smell like it every day yeah mm-hmm. yeah like, I mean I just found another soap company that primarily is men's soap Bearsville soap they got orange and spearmint refreshing refreshing citrus. Citrus and herbs, but that's cypress and mint scrub. That's still ice. Like that's still citrus. That's like when you think citrus, you think clean. You don't think fruit. Like what? all any any <laughs> any on. cleaning Hold any on. cleaning product. Well, this, this is entering ranch no. territory, Rich. No, no, no. no. Yeah, 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 like, think, <laughs> Rich, think you're of, about to get fired. Think what of kind of nightmare products. do you have walking into the produce section of the store all the time? No, no. I'm just saying. Like, think of your cleaning products. What are they Lemon. all? Lemon and citrus. That, pretty like much when I lemon. when I smell citrus, I smell clean. I don't smell. I love oranges, but There's when I smell lemon, when I smell citrus scents, I smell clean. I don't smell citrus. That's yeah, what that's know. what my brain connects. What, citru- what the citrus specifically scent do you want to smell like? Melon, melon, like melon what kind of berries. melon? Just, just, just. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, what about uh, eucalyptus spearmint? <sighs> I, see, I don't know what eucalyptus smells like. It smells like a koala. I, you know what? I, I really don't know if koalas would smell good, but I'll smell like a koala. Richie, I'm gonna send <laughs> you this Bali passion fruit. You uh, know what? Soap. I would probably love it because it smelled delicious. I, I do enjoy Rich anytime Rich has a take because it's immediately a point counterpoint with Tim. Uh, it's, it's so we're back at like crossfire in the in the early 2000s i made the joke once and i feel like i'm just here to disagree with richie yeah welcome to pardon me in the eruption with uh tim Hansen and Rich Sweden. one one day i will have a take that, that that tim will agree with and he'll still counter argue me with every point of it oh boy now i you're mean i'm not up. saying it's true but <laughs> we'll just uh, turn into an um actually episode yeah, I'm actually with Tim Hansen. Uh, Rich, if you want to see any more of your uh, citrus takes on Twitter, where can they find you? At B underscore walnuts. How about you, Tim? 
At Tim R. Hansen. And you, Sean. At Hey, it's SOB. And you can follow me on Twitter at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. The podcast is on Twitter at Brose underscore podcast. It's on Facebook at Brose podcast. And it's on Instagram at Brose underscore podcast. Uh, you can listen to our show anywhere where fine podcasts are bought and sold, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions, to Tess Riley for editing our episodes, to Shannon Vogel, who designed our world-famous logo. Uh, you can find Shannon's work uh, at Shannon Vogel Photography and Art on Facebook or on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Steven Siebert, and you can listen to his music at the Free Music Archive. Uh, it's time for plugs, everybody. Rich, what's going on with PodQuest these days? Uh, check out PodQuest, a uh, nerdy talk show where we uh, just discuss different nerd things sometimes big news other times just uh just randomness uh this no that would have been last week we're actually going to have talked about uh uh terminator dark fate because we're doing a monthly book club movie club and uh we're picking bad movies sometimes which i don't think dark fate was that bad uh but you can also check me out uh twitch.tv slash b underscore walnuts and uh keep a listen out on PodQuest, we're going to have a we're going to be announcing a special project starting in the fall. You recently announced a format change for PodQuest as well. Did you get rid of the round table? Uh, like, is it a different shaped table now, or is it table hexagonal? Gone? It's 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 uh it's it's actually um you know that Z shape on Tetris. That's the table yes. we sit at now. So. That seems very uh intentionally challenging in a way that I don't see would be conducive to conversation. Oh, no, it's nope. terrible, but we make it work. That's why you guys are the best. Sean, um, what is going on with your Frisbees these days? You know I'm throwing them. OB Disc Golf everywhere except Instagram, OB underscore Disc Golf. And Tim, uh, we already had a, a quick chat, in a way, with our friend Gene Person of the Person in Person podcast, but I need you to tell me more about their program, Person in Person. If you are a person who hates news shows, this is the best news show. Words, I know them. What a great read. (laughs) Then this is the perfect news show for you. It's for people who hate news shows by people who hate news shows. Greg and Gene, my uh, husband, brother, wives, whatever that term is going to be for our polyamorous relationship. Uh, Polyamorous? This is escalating quickly. Polygamous? (laughs) Dude, we got married like forever ago. It's a thing. (laughs) Um, from across the country so if you're into like weird news stories that aren't like particularly like absorbing your mind with politics but more like how much ranch is too much ranch to lather your body in and um what dumb thing can you buy from the shopping the podcast shopping network is using a spoon to mix your own milkshake too too easy here's a 30 dollar thing that's yeah fuck it i already give up uh so if you're into good humor if you like listening to us and our stupid stories then these guys are by far uh better story craftsmen maybe maybe not as sean will probably give them a run for their money and i'm running on too long and i i didn't have a point when i started this fine i don't know why you haven't told me to shut up yet but greg and gene they're great guys they're hilarious every friday they come out with an episode and yeah you can bet your doll- bottom dollar there will either be a Mystery Science Theater reference or a reference to Disneyland in California. Mm-hmm. 
tracks and stuff. The reason I didn't stop you is it's just one of those things where it's like I can't wait to see how it ended. Like yeah. just, it's I like just... a train wreck. You just can't look away. <laughs> look, this uh, this past episode uh, before we recorded, they did an actual play of Battleship. So that just kind of shows the ridiculousness of what they do on that show. I haven't finished that episode yet. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, person in person show. Uh, it's person and a person show. Dot com. Great folks over there, Dr- Greg and Gina, good friends of ours. That's it, guys. Say goodbye to the listeners. Bye. Bye. Deuces. For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweet, and Sean O'Brien and the entire Action News team. Mm-hmm. My name's Matt Casnell, reminding you all to be smart about I'm not stupid. done mooing. The episode is over. <laughs> okay. Okay.